coach Mike McDonald will be joined by the least experienced coaching staff, but he is not intimidated. And Mike Salk suggests trading DK Metcalf. Is he completely nuts? Welcome back to another episode of the Seattle Sports Show, where we love Seattle pro sports. I'm your host, Mikey, and today I have a couple of things to talk about. First up, I guess most of the things we're talking about came from 710 ESPN Seattle radio show, Brock and Salk. Uh, Mike McDonald was on with them this week, uh, or this past week. Uh, for an interview, and uh, we'll talk about that. And then uh, Mike Salk suggested trading DK Metcalf, and we have to talk about that idea and whether or not that is just an idea that is completely nuts. All right, we'll get to that later. First, we got to talk about Coach Mike McDonald because... Uh, no matter what you think of what Mike Salk's idea is uh, for trading, that's just uh, an idea that's out there, right? We want to talk some actual uh, stuff that's going on with uh, our coaching staff here. So let's get to the interview that uh, Mike McDonald did with Brock and Salk. We'll talk about that uh, to start out, okay? Uh, Ian Mike McDonald was on this week with Brock and Sock, and uh, you know they asked him some great questions. They did their job; they did great. Um, asked him about uh, hiring the coaching staff, and um, you know Mike McDonald said that they stuck to the vision for hiring the staff. Um, uh, you know, obviously John Schneider is a big part of this, and um handling it but there sounds like they are working together and the idea of um hiring grub uh as the offensive coordinator is because he's been a winner everywhere he's been if you look throughout his career um you know the offenses that he has coached uh, when he steps into a place uh they instantly get better and um, not do they just instantly get better year one, but they continue to improve throughout their uh throughout the time that he's there. I mean, just look what they did in two years at Washington, right? Um, year one, uh, they got that program turned around pretty quick, and then year two gets them to the national championship game. You know, that with that offense. Um, and, uh, you know, they like, you know, his ideas on offense and, you know, how he'll be able to adapt, 
adapt his offense to the NFL because they said that the other important thing to them about hiring their staff is having the growth mindset. And we've heard him say this before. So Brock and Suck, of course, asked him, what does he mean by this? And he said that it means it's someone who is always willing to learn and not just do things the way they have always done them because that's the way they've always done them. So they just do it that way. Um, it's important to them that they, they are hiring uh, coaches that will, um, again, be able to adjust on the fly, you know, week to week, game to game, um, based on what the opponent is showing you. Uh, and I think, uh, again, that's going to be really important in today's game, especially to me with the athletes that we have in the NFL now. Um, so, you know, the athletes just keep getting better and better. So there's a lot of athletes out there that can do multiple things and you can put them in multiple position type, you know, multiple positions to, to get, um, the results you're wanting. So um, you just have to be willing to make those adjustments. Uh, so I, you know, I like, I like what he said about that. He said, it's about, you know, just kind of some coach speak, you know, they're going to be chasing the edges that in the NFL, you win in the margins by, you know, going after those little details. Um, Again, he said, you know, you have to have a philosophy going into a game, but be able to adjust. Love hearing something like that. Uh, he said that you don't want to reinvent the offense every week, but, but you know, play it based on your opponent. And uh, to him, their offense is going to be aggressive and that you have to be aggressive in today's game. What does that mean? You're going to take calculated risks, he said. So he didn't say exactly how often he's going to be going on fourth down or anything, but he said, yes, they'll be taking calculated risks. Um, you know, he said they're not going to be chucking the ball down the field every down, but again, taking those calculated risks. And again, if you watch uh, Grubb's offense, yeah, they like to throw it downfield. And again, he's mostly coached past heavy offenses that uh throw it downfield uh you know i am recording this on wednesday night uh valentine's day night in fact so happy valentine's to you all out there uh thank you for listening and um you know based on the quarterbacks or the quarterback that we have under contract right now geno smith i mean that's kind of what he does well. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, in the next 24 to 48 hours, somewhere in that time period, what is their final decision on Geno Smith? Because, again, we all know uh, by Friday they have to uh, have had made their decision on whether they are, you know, uh, cutting Gino or not and what and what they plan on doing with that I would think his skill set skill set uh would fit perfectly for what Grubb does but you know that that doesn't mean anything 
right? So we'll see. Um, and because it's so close, I'm not going to get too deep into it right now. We'll talk, talk about it more um, after we know more about that decision, you know, after that decision's been made. Um, and, okay, getting back to um, what Mike McDonald was saying about the offense, you know, not checking the ball down the field every down, and that he's going to he, he's gonna want to see them run the ball. And you, you said, you know, in today's NFL, you have to be able to run the ball and you, you have to protect the ball. Um, you know, the other thing that he liked about Grubb is he believes that Grubb did call the offense based on the talent that they had at Washington. Um, so feels like he doesn't, he's not just, again, one track minded that he can adjust his offense. Uh, he doesn't expect that, that the offense in Seattle is going to look exactly like it did at Washington. Um, he likes Scrubs offense because it's efficient. And, uh, also he's an offensive line guy. And again, to me, that's where you win the game is in the trenches. If you have a good offensive line and good defensive line to start, you're already ahead of the game. Uh, and so if you can get those guys coached up, uh, then that's going to help out a lot. Uh, he talked a little bit about Leslie Frazier and how he's just a wealth of knowledge and that he's going to be a sounding board for him. And again, I think that is going to be so important uh, because of the coaching staff and all their inexperience. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, I really like this next part where they asked him about Pete Carroll and he would be intimidated you know, walking into this building and the legacy of Pete Carroll and having to follow that up. Uh, and he said he's not intimidated by the legacy of Pete Carroll. And in fact, um, you know, he wants to build around that and build on it what Pete Carroll left behind. He doesn't, you know, he's not walking in here going like, oh, I have to, you know, be in Pete Carroll's shadow and I have to do things exactly the way Pete did them. Um, or, you know, if to get people to respect me, I'm going to have to completely change things around here and uh, make people forget about the other guy. He said, no, they have a good culture there. He likes it. He wants to build around the culture that's already there. And uh, hopefully, hopefully he's going to be successful, right? And he's just going to be adding to what, uh, you know, uh, Pete Carroll had left behind there. Um. You know, again, him saying that he knows the game is about the players. Uh, again, you heard Pete say that in his exit interview, right? That, you know, this game should be about the players. And Mike McDonald's coming in here. I've heard him say this a couple times now about how the game is about the players and how you always want to do what's best for the team and the individual players. So I'm just really liking this guy's mindset. Again, everything he says is so great. Uh, I'll be really curious to see how well he is at motivating uh, a group of young men when it, when it comes time. Uh, but just all of his ideas, his philosophies about the game, um, his ideas and philosophies about uh, coaching in general, I, I just love it. I mean, it all kind of aligns with what my thought processes are. So I, you know, I love it. Um, 
So I, I got no complaints about anything he says about that kind of stuff right now. Uh, hopefully it's going to translate to the field. <laughs> Not sure how much turnover there's going to be, he said. Um, but he said, you know, that he knows that there's a lot of decisions that have to be made soon. So obviously to me, he's uh, alluding there to the, the whole fact about Geno Smith contract coming up um, and, and the team making a decision on that. Uh, but he did say he's not going into uh, this coaching job with the mentality that he needs to flip this whole thing over. Uh, he said, you know, that he's, they're still in the process of evaluating all the players and seeing what he, what he has, but he's staying open-minded to do what's best for the team. So, again, uh, I, I like that. Um, I mean, we saw when, when uh, Pete Carroll came in here and John Schneider came here, right? When they started out here, how many transactions did they have? I don't have the number in front of me, but I just remember it was like a record number of transactions. It was like, you know, like 100-something, 150-something transactions in a single offseason uh, <laughs> to get the team turned around as fast as they did. It doesn't sound like... Um, John Schneider is interested in doing that right now. Uh, and it doesn't sound like Mike McDonald uh, is wanting to throw his weight around and make that something that uh, he wants to happen. You know, he's, he, he's staying open-minded, got to do what's best for the team. And he probably, you know, sees this roster and sees, especially on the offensive side, that there's a lot of talent on the team, you know? Um, and, and that was basically the gist of, uh, his interview. He, you know, they asked him some personal questions about, uh, you know, his like wife and how they met and them being married and whatnot. Uh, but on the football side of it, that that's pretty much it. Now, uh, let's go ahead and talk, uh, the hirings because the hirings have uh, been made official. They announced seven of the hirings, uh, just recently, uh, though they, they hired, uh, Carl Scott as the defensive uh, passing game coordinator uh, and defensive backs coach and Kirk Olivadotti uh, signed as the inside linebackers coach. So here's your full staff now. Adam Durday is your defensive coordinator. Ryan Grubb is your offensive coordinator. Jay Harbaugh is your special teams coordinator. Leslie Frazier is your assistant head coach. Carl Scott, again, being your defensive passing game coordinator and defensive backs coach. Scott Huff is your offensive line coach. And Kirk Olivadotti is the inside linebackers coach. Now, this is a lot of inexperience at the positions that they are in. Adam Durday, first-time defensive coordinator. He's been... You know, coaching for six years out of England. So, <laughs> you know, this would be one that I would be, again, worried about if it wasn't for the fact that we know that Mike McDonald is actual defensive coordinator and he's the one who's going to actually be calling the, the, the plays uh, on Sunday. We know that he's a, a defensive like 
genius, as they say, right? The Sean McVay, McVay of defense. So um, if Mike McDonald's calling the plays, even though it's his first time as head coach, he's he's got that part down as a as a defensive coordinator. So I, I'm not worried about that at all. The 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 motivating people as a head coach is totally separate from you know calling the X's and O's uh, on Sunday. I believe when it gets to Sunday uh, and he needs to call the X's and O's on defense, he's going to be able to do that just fine. We'll see how he does with his in-game decisions and um, keeping players motivated throughout a game. Now, Ryan Grubb, offensive coordinator. Obviously, it's not his first time as offensive coordinator. He was doing that in college. But it's his first time being an offensive coordinator at the NFL level. So we're about to find out. Can Ryan Grubb call an offense at the NFL level? Yeah, you know, it, to me, it's not the same at all. Um, you know, I don't watch a lot of college football because every time I watch college football, I'm always annoyed about just like the, in general, throughout the regular season, you get to the the college playoffs, it's a different story. But throughout the regular season, it's just not, the level of competition is not there. You know, you, you get all these uh, power teams, all the teams with the NIL money now, they're, they're stacked. And they're going against teams who aren't as good. The, the talent, the overall talent level is not there. Where That is not the case in the NFL. So you can't, there's a lot of stuff you can't get away with in the NFL that you can get away with at the college level just based on your team being so much talent, much more talented than the teams you're going against. So we'll find out how good Ryan Grubb is able to adjust to that at the NFL level. And then Jay Harbaugh, your special teams coordinator, first time as uh, the special teams coordinator at the NFL level. So, um, you know, special teams, it's never a problem or something that you talk about until it is a problem, right? So uh, you never know. I I, I don't suggest, I, I don't, uh, expect any problems with that you know the Harbaugh's are all great coaches I'm sure Jay Harbaugh is going to be a, a just fine as a special teams coordinator at the NFL level but I mean that is your head coach and all your head coordinators as first time <laughs> uh, you know as the first times in those positions that is wild to me but it's also uh, I shouldn't say it's also, it's just wild. But it's a wild in a good way. We went from Pete Carroll, legendary Hall of Fame coach before he was with the Seahawks, right? Uh, at the college level. Cemented his uh, Hall of Fame position at the NFL level throughout his 14 years with the Seahawks. You go from all that experience to 
saying we're getting that out the door and now we're bringing everybody completely brand new first time jobs i mean they are taking a big swing and i gotta say i love that if you if you really are gonna move on from the legendary head coach take some swings make it worth it because yeah there was only one year left on pete carroll's deal so if you're telling me you couldn't wait one more year it better be for like a really good reason and you better have some some coaches that are completely different and that you're willing to put your job on the line for and, and take swings on uh otherwise you shouldn't have moved on from Pete uh but it shows me that they're really committed to this mindset and that alone made made it like okay if there's only one year left but the, um but this was what you were willing to do then it it really was the right time if if you waited a year maybe you don't get all these coaches in the in this position so you if you wanted to get these guys then you would then you then you needed to do it now otherwise you missed out on this window to get all these guys that you want uh, so that you know paired with the fact that i don't think pete wanted to move on from his coaching staff uh and then there was the stream coaching staff that you could go out there and get, and it seems like they got all the guys they wanted. Then I, I think it was the right move at the right time because you were able to you were able to make some big moves like this and take some big swings that I think you know could could really pay off if um, if if John Schneider is right about these guys, it could really pay off. Uh, and it'll be exciting to see um, if they're able to make that happen. All right, so that was the interview. That's the coaching staff. Now let's get to this next thing, all right? And again, it might sound completely nuts to you, but Mike Salk wrote an article talking about trading DK Metcalf. And does that idea sound completely nuts to you? It might, but I'll tell you what, it's not. It is not nuts at all. It's not insane. There's people just going wild over this on social media. Um, you know, I, I know he saw one person write something about him that uh, completely... Uh, seem to have offended him but you know i'm with i'm with brock uh you know after reading that post i you know i i would say the same thing brock said mike sock is not dry at all in fact he's like my favorite radio personality local uh, radio personality <laughs> so i wouldn't say he's dry at all uh but no so Mike Salk, his idea for trading DK Metcalf and, and why you would need to do it. Not need to do it, but why it would be something that you would, um, you should consider and look into. Now, uh, again, as he said in his post when he posted this, it's like, you know, this is not click 
clickbait. This is not because I hate this player and it's not because I think he's bad. It's because of what you could potentially bring back for him. Now, if, if you could get a first and a second round draft pick for DK Metcalf, yes, I would do that in an instant in an instant so the idea is not completely nuts at all uh, in fact it's a really good idea um I, I i've seen people suggesting of why it's not a good idea or how it's not really saving you money um but again it's about it's about trading the one player to get you draft capital to get you players that you don't have you know to get you talented players that you don't have at other positions okay so if i got a first round draft pick and a second round draft pick for dk metcalf that means you got two first round draft picks and there's a whole lot of different things you could do with that you can tr maybe trade up to get a quarterback. You could stay right you where you are, get one of the potentially six quarterbacks that I think will go in the first round or a, at least worthy of the sixth round. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, and Michael Penix Jr. I think all six of those guys are definitely worthy of of being first round picks. I don't know if they will all go in the first round now uh, with the way I hear a lot of scouts talking, maybe uh, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, even Bo Nix, JJ McCarthy, they, but they might fall out of the first round. I think they're all worthy of it though, based on talent, especially compared to what we've seen in recent drafts um, and, and what's going to be coming in future drafts, uh, I, I could see all six of those guys easily being drafted in the first round, and they're all worthy of it. Is is the thing? Uh, it's not like last year where we saw three quarterbacks go in the top five, and for me, <laughs> uh, you know, C.J. Stroud went on to do really good things last season. I thought he was the only one that was worthy of a top 10 pick. Uh, so I, I think there's easily six guys just as talented or more talented than all three of the quarterbacks that went last year in the top five that, uh, you know, are going to be available you're not going to get those top three for the Seahawks at the 16th pick if you stay right there, but potentially Penix, Knicks, and McCarthy are still going to be available there, and I would still take any three of those. So if you, you get Metcalf, then you're afforded to be able to take that quarterback if you really want one of the quarterbacks in this year's draft. And again, who knows what they're doing with Geno. We'll know more about that in just a couple days. So if they... If they decide to move on from him, we know for sure 
they are going to get, you know, they're going to go after one of those six quarterbacks in the draft. Uh, and then at that point, yeah, you probably will want to trade DK Metcalf because it, and again, only if you're getting a first round draft pick, you, that's got to be the base. You have to get a first round draft pick to even make this an idea that you'd be willing to accept. You got to get a first round draft pick, but if you do, then you're able to get your quarterback. If that's what they're, you know, if it, if that's what it looks like they're going to do in the next couple of days. And then you're also able to go out and still uh, get a top defensive lineman or a top offensive lineman also in the first round. To me, you're going after uh, interior offensive line, whether that's uh, center or the guards. Uh, if you don't know, both our guard centers that we're starting this season, all free agents, could be wanting money. We only have so much cap space uh, as of right now. Lots of ways to make it so that there's a lot of cap space in just a very couple, you know, small amount of moves. So we're not going to get into that right now. But that is something that you're dealing with. You're looking at a interior offensive line where there was injuries, there were struggles. Now they're all free agents, and you know who are you going to want to bring back? Who's going to want how much money? And then how much can you uh, balance that out by just getting some of the top rookies, you know, offensive line, uh, and, and you know, one cutting the cost at those positions, but also upgrading uh, those. Uh, positions look we have two really good tackles right now that we're not paying a lot of money because they're still on the rookie deals both drafted in the uh first round right so they're going to be on the team uh you know contract uh for five years in total i think three years left now so uh you could build a really young offensive line uh you know over that what they did uh two years ago now and what they could possibly do this year if you get if you traded a DK Metcalf again get your quarterback then you use that first round draft pick go get an offensive lineman second round draft pick you get you could potentially get another offensive lineman uh, to take care of that interior of the offensive line and then you still have those two third round draft picks to uh, you know go target some uh, linebackers or safety to help uh, improve the defense and get some players that fit what Mike McDonald wants to do with his defense. So I think this could actually be a good idea. And does it actually save money? Uh, I, I've heard him talk a lot about how, oh, you need, to, uh, you know, this could be good because you pay DK Metcalf a lot of money and, um, you want to spend more money uh, on, you know, on players that play closer to the ball, like, you know, offensive line, defensive line. I do agree with that philosophy uh, in general. Uh, but if you look at the facts, that's not how it works out. DK Metcalf, the way NFL contracts worth, uh, work and his dead cap it just does his cap doesn't completely go away you're you're going to get dead cap money that um gets spread over to the 
two years, even if you trade them. So you're not really saving any money, but just the what he brings in value in draft that can get you uh, top players at at positions of need for the team right now. Um, that alone could make the trade worth it. Again, if you're getting a first and a second. You know, if you're only getting a first, I'm probably not doing it unless that first round pick you're getting for him is a high first round pick. I'm not thinking it would be. I'm thinking if you're getting a first and a second from a team, it's from one of the teams that uh, they feel like they're just like they need one more weapon for a quarterback they already have who's already good. So you're looking at like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a, a pick in the 20s and then whatever the second round pick was. So, um, th that's what you would, you would need. I mean, you need a first and a second. Uh, again, only if that first is like, a, if it's like a top 10 pick, then maybe you, you, you contemplate uh, uh, ac accepting that deal. But I would want a first and a second for DK. Uh, otherwise, you're just not getting enough value back, especially when you think about what DK Metcalf is as a receiver and you think about what Ryan Grubb wants to do in the offense that he runs. Metcalf fits so perfectly in it that if you're not getting something of great value, again, a first and a second or like a very high first round pick if that's the only pick you get then 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 it's just completely not worth it because I think what he could do in a Ryan Grubb offense um you know it it would be it would be too valuable for your team again he's going to be valuable to another team but his skill set in this offense um it's going to have very high value. Now, the issue with that this year in particular is uh, the the receivers that are in the draft. This is not last year's draft. We got JSN at pick number 20 as the first receiver taken off the board, right? And that was because he had an injury. Okay, so think about that. Uh, everybody thought at one point that JSN was going to be a top 10 pick. He gets injured, drops all the way to 20 to the Seahawks. But everybody else was still below him, so nobody wanted to take another receiver before JSN was taken at 20. That's not going to be the case this year. We're going to have a receiver taken in the top five. We could have a couple receivers taken in the top five. Roma Dunze being one of them, right? So we're going to have Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, if, uh, you know, de depending on what moves are made and everything, I mean, he could be the number one overall pick. Um, but he's definitely going to be a top five pick. Roma Dunze, 
uh, Malik neighbors, those uh, guys are going to be battling uh, to be the second wide receiver, and one of them could go top five. They're probably both going to be top ten. And then uh, after those three guys, you're still talking about, oh, you know, we're going a couple rounds deep this year uh, at the at the receiver position. I mean, just think about it. Uh, I know a lot of you out there, like I said, even though I'm not like a huge college fan, I know a lot of you probably are, and a lot of you are probably Husky fans. I mean, look at it alone. Look at uh, the other two receivers for the Huskies. Okay? Both 1,000-yard receivers, uh, both projected to go by the latest third round in every mock draft I see. I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't see them ever going later than the third round. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of depth at the receiver position in this year's draft. So I don't know if you're in a trade, you're going to get that kind of value for DK Metcalf. Now you might say, well, all those guys are unproven. Um, so maybe there would be a team that would want the proven commodity. But again, just, uh, you know, DK Metcalf is getting paid right now. Uh, other teams might decide it's worth it to take a chance on uh, the player that they're only going to have to pay, you know, $2 million to <laughs> uh, uh, versus DK's uh, contract, you know, that they're only going to have to pay like $2 million a year to for, for the next five years. Because again, remember, Rookie contracts, if you're drafting the first round, it's four years with a fifth-year team option. The, the team gets the option whether you're getting that uh, fifth year or not. So if a, if a player is good, they're exercising that option for the fifth year, and that's your fifth year that you're only playing that player a couple million dollars. You know, it's not, it's, you know, ever since they changed these draft rules and the, the you know, the, the, the compensation that rookies get, it's, the, the value is even more to, if you can get, get the right pick. So, with so much talent being out there, I just don't know if there's going to be teams that are going to say, uh, yeah, let's go take the this expensive receiver versus, like, this receiver who we think is going to be just as good or has the same skill set um, or potentially better uh, at, you know, one-fifth the cost. We'll see how it goes. But uh, I figured we had to talk about this trade idea uh, and, <laughs> you know, a lot of the immediate reaction that we saw online to this article that Mike Salk wrote and then talked about on the, on um, his radio show uh, and how it's actually not as insane of an idea as people are thinking. In fact, it's actually a really good idea. I, the, the thing to me is uh, it's real pie in the sky. To me, uh, again, I'm a fan. That, that's what this whole show is about, is being a fan. It, if that was a scenario, that is a dream scenario as a fan. I go, yes, 
get that done. A first and a second. Let's do it. Let's take that trade. Let's get these guys. Let's go get, uh, you know, number 16 pick. Let's draft J.J. McCarthy. Let's draft Jackson Power Johnson. Second round. Let's draft... Uh, uh, one of the offensive guards. I can't think of somebody off the top of my head right now, but uh, you know, and now now you're talking about having uh a quarterback, two offensive tackles that uh you've drafted over the last couple of years. You just drafted two interior offensive linemen. You have a great offensive line for this new quarterback that you just drafted. Oh my goodness, let's go. Or let's say we find out they decide they want to keep Geno and they say, you know what, we're not going after uh, a quarterback this year at all. We think we can still just like rely on Geno for the next two years. And you get a first and a second for DK. Then you're talking about first round. You're getting one of the top defensive linemen. You're getting one of the top offensive linemen. And then second round pick, you're getting another one of the top offensive linemen. And again, now you have an even better offensive line for Geno and for K-9 and Charbonnet. And you added a piece to your defense as well that fits into uh, Mike McDonald's defense, and he's one of the top players at the position. That, that, that's, that's the building blocks of uh, getting this team turned around real quick uh, off, of base, uh, you know, off of trading just one player. So actually, a really good idea, uh, a really fun idea, a fun as a fan. Uh, the, these are the kind of trades that y y you know you get done <laughs> in a video game. I don't know if this happens in real life, just based on what uh, the talent is out there in the in the draft classes here. But we'll see. It, it's going to be a really fun off season to talk about this year with you know. So much going on. Completely new coaching staff. What are the decisions going to be made about this roster? Uh, there's just so much more up in the air since we have uh, a completely new coaching staff and uh, we don't know exactly what they want to do yet. All right. Well, uh, we want to end this episode. So uh, please hit the subscribe button, the like button, comment down below. Um, what did you think of Mike McDonald's interview? What do you think of Mike Sock's trading DK Metcalf idea? Uh, do you think it's completely nuts? Or, uh, you know, are you kind of more on my thinking of it? Of like, actually, this could be a really a good idea. In fact, it's such a good idea that it just doesn't seem realistic. It seems like something you do in Madden where you go like, oh, I can trick the computer into thinking that this is a good idea for these other teams. Uh, it just doesn't seem like uh, something that gets done in, <laughs> in reality, though. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, also, you know, if you're listening to the podcast version, if you hit the follow button or the subscribe button, whatever platform you're on, that would be super appreciated. And also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, a five-star rating and a written review, that helps out the show so much. Um, and yeah, really, I mean, just uh, communicate with me. I I'd love to get your comments and, and know what you're thinking about the show and just what you're thinking, of, you know, in general in your fandom.
uh, in across Seattle sports in general. Anytime you want to talk to me about any team in Seattle, uh, the pro teams, uh, I'm down to chat about it. All right. Um, you know, with that being said, we are going to end this episode. So thank you so much for listening to the Seattle Sports Show where we watch Legends Awaken. So take cover because with the sea of sound, you will see us rise to reign supreme and win forever.